the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome back. Wednesday, January 10th, 2024. I am Seth Leaps and coming to you live from the 960 Patriot Broadcast Studio. Brought to you by the veteran-owned Midas Gold Group, your trusted source for precious metals. Mr. Bill, welcome back. David Dahl, welcome. Teresa, welcome. And all of you, welcome. The Washington Post has a headline screaming at the top of its website today, quote, Violent political threats surge as 2024 begins, haunting American democracy. Close quote. So a thesis about why we don't care. Why we don't care what The Washington Post has to say today in a front page piece on rising political violence as a deep concern in America. Why we don't care about a novel or unusual or doomed to fail legal argument Donald Trump is making in court or that he's in court or that he's told 30,000 or is it 300,000 lies. Why we don't care about something he said about the economy that should shock us. Why we don't care that someone says he's a threat to democracy, unfit to be president, crude, crass, reckless. Why we don't care what the New York Times says about a humanitarian case or issue in Gaza. Why we don't care about something a talk radio host said that may sound extreme or described as thuggery by the newspaper. Why we don't care that an anti-abortion statute may have flaws on its margins. Why we don't care that not every policeman acts like Mother Teresa. Why we don't care that fill in the blank about that which we are supposed to care a whole lot about. Because the New York Times or the Washington Post or Michelle Obama or Joe Biden or some professor here or there or some host on CNN or MSNBC says we should care and care very deeply about it. The reasons are fairly simple and they stem mostly from an old legal doctrine, ex dolo malo non oritur actio. It's known as the unclean hands doctrine or no duty of action can arise if it's based on fraud. We don't care because every allegation from those self-satisfied, self-considered, morally superior, supercilious adjunct instructors of ethics have unclean hands, much dirtier than those about whom we are supposed to be in high dudgeon. This week, we are supposed to care about political violence and Donald Trump and his movement being a threat to democracy. This from a movement that has allowed and promoted the effort of unelected officials, some without law degrees, to declare Donald Trump guilty of an ex post facto crime or a bill of attainder, take your pick, both forbidden by the Constitution, in no court of criminal law that disqualifies him from running for president, as they cite to a state's right to do that, as they lecture us that states should not be in charge of elections. This from a movement that cannot show one unconstitutional or anti-democratic policy that emanated from his presidency when he was president other than their ideological disagreement with it. Policies that are fairly standard conservative policies promoted by everyone from Barry Goldwater to William Buckley to Ronald Reagan. This from a movement to borrow from Barton Swaim that attempted to end 
Trump's presidency by falsely claiming he'd conspired with Russia from a movement that proposes to pack the Supreme Court and add states to the union merely to add Senate seats, from a movement that hosted the campaign to smear Brett Kavanaugh, from a movement that bore the false claim by 51 former intelligence officials that Hunter Biden's laptop was Russian disinformation, from a movement that long ago, disagreeing with the judicial opinions of conservative judges, in some cases scholarly giants, said they supported things like segregated lunch counters and back alley abortions in order to scuttle their nominations to the Supreme Court because they simply didn't like their Jewish jurisprudence and were successful in doing so. Threat to democracy from a movement that battered and bribed social media companies not to air politically dissenting opinions? Threat to democracy? From a movement that supported race rights, even going so far as to call them mostly peaceful as 14,000 people were arrested, buildings, including police precincts and court buildings, firebombed, 30 people killed. From a movement whose Speaker of the House, when asked about one such riot, said people will do what people will do. From a movement whose champion and later vice president said these actions should not stop. From a movement whose founders were self-declared Marxists. Pardon us for thinking that was and is a far dirtier threat to democracy and call to political violence than what we are supposed to be concerned about because 1,200 people were arrested for breaking and entering a federal building with no weapons and disturbing a vote-counting procedure that concluded successfully by day's end. Threat to democracy? How did David Galerner put it? Did we invite the federal bureaucracy to take charge of school bathrooms? I guess I missed that meeting. The school Schools are corrupt, and the universities rotten to the core, and everyone has known it since the 1980s. But if people showed up at school board meetings to object, they were deemed political terrorists and threatened by the FBI. If they raised these points in the colleges or universities, they were called racists. Insensitive and genderphobic? You tell me what movement wants to literally change the sex, physically, of children based on the wisdom of 10-year-olds and hide such decisions from parents— and who truly has a mental disturbance? Racists? From a movement that seems to care only about race as the qualification for a job, be it a college presidency, a country's vice presidency, a seat on the Supreme Court, or the pilots of United Airlines, as just recently announced? Abortion? We are supposed to care about exceptional cases that fall through the cracks of general laws, but don't because we've been lied to about abortion for nearly 50 years that it doesn't take place at late stages of pregnancy, that it isn't used as a method for birth control, that it has no health effects on the mother, that it is a rare procedure, that it doesn't affect more than one life, that a growing baby or fetus or whatever euphemism the movement wants us to use in order to desensitize the population about the procedure is not a life. Gaza? We're supposed to care that an American ally is using a heavy hand? But we don't because we are sensitive and sensitized to knowing no other kind of hand will stop literal civilizational abuse and far more promiscuous and indiscriminate slaughter of innocents because the theoretical has been proven by the actual from a culture that finds almost no dissent in a world that is happy to watch or support or turn a blind eye toward medieval behavior so long as it can justify itself based on ancient hatreds rooted in historical lies deployed as politics by other means that, were it to prevail, would sink the world into something more primeval than Stygian darkness, something it took thousands of years of civilization to overcome in the first place, and we would like 
not to return to. Thank you very much. In other words, we don't treat Genghis Khan's and Caligula's and Adolf Hitler's as Winston Churchill's or even Al Capone's. Not in a sane world that has a modicum of understanding of just war theory or even just justice. Anti-science? Existential threats? Sorry. We're a little better than thinking a 20-something Swedish child coddled by every adult and never told she was wrong about anything, or a 30-something self-declared socialist from the Bronx warning us about existential destruction coming should we not radically change our lives, because we've been told that for decades by others far more credentialed, as they keep shifting deadlines, as they keep being proven untrustworthy and unwilling to live up to the lower standards they want us to live by. Anti-science again, irresponsible and callous toward the health of others? Who said, remind me, that anyone who presided over 220,000 deaths was unqualified to be president while the person who said that presided over at least three times that amount? Remind me, who said if you are vaccinated, you won't get sick? If you are vaccinated, you won't transmit the virus. If you are vaccinated, you won't die. If you are vaccinated, you won't get hospitalized. And what party censored those that questioned those very statements? Unstable leadership that plunges us into war or more violence? Tell the Crimeans and the Ukrainians and the Syrians and the victims of ISIS. Their slaughter came from and during the leadership of those who warn us about Donald Trump's recklessness. Maybe, maybe, maybe now, Charlie Brown, when you say all these things again and again and again and again, expecting us to really, really care, you can understand why we really just don't. I'm Seth Leibson, 602-508-0960. Take your calls on anything on your mind. It looks like we have a big announcement from Chris Christie, too. We'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show, 602-508-0960. Chris Christie looks to be exiting the presidential race. Odd timing in a sense because... New Hampshire hasn't happened yet, and he was putting all his uh, chips in New Hampshire. Um, but you know what? <sighs> say what you want about Chris Christie. I, I think it's fair to say that he's made a good reputation <laughs> of a form of conviction politics that truly does embrace the notion that he will tell you things you don't want to hear because he sincerely believes them. Now, we say we want that. We say we want conviction politicians. There are limits to this, of course. Just because you say what you strongly believe doesn't give it the automatic uh, patina or essence of credibility and, 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 and truth, either ideologically or factually, right? Just because you're disagreeable saying the unpopular thing doesn't necessarily make you a prophet or even a respectable gadfly. It can make you a madman. It can make you any number of things. But for whatever it's worth, this didn't work for Chris Christie. And I was just looking at his most recent polling. He was ignoring New Hampshire for the most part. 
won't be on the debate stage tonight and see at CNN, uh, the CNN debate stage tonight. CNN, right, David? Yeah, he's not on the CNN debate stage. CNN, CNN's doing the debate. Fox is doing Trump, right? I got that right. Yeah. That is correct. Okay. So he's polling at 12% Chris Christie in New Hampshire. Nikki Haley, 293 Trump, 43 Now, what's interesting is he's polling above DeSantis in New Hampshire, Chris Christie is, by about double. Chris Christie's at 12 in third place. Ron DeSantis is at 6.3 in fourth place. Now, Chris Christie may just not have a path forward financially or otherwise because he doesn't have the organization to fight in other states, which is why New Hampshire was going to be his make-it-or-break-it state. But doesn't it seem like you'd want to hang on just a couple few more weeks to see what happens at least on Monday in Iowa? Or just even wait till Monday in Iowa and the caucuses? Because if what happens in Iowa is that Trump has a big win, as, you know, is expected, and... Nikki Haley surpasses Ron DeSantis substantially, and they're neck and neck in Iowa right now. I mean substantially. And perhaps Ramaswamy pulls out a little bit of a surprise that bites into DeSantis or that just DeSantis doesn't perform very well. If that were to eventuate in Iowa where DeSantis just doesn't perform very well, You know, I don't know, and I don't think necessarily Chris Christie gets all the DeSantis votes in New Hampshire, but he'd get some. And if he came in, you know, respectably in New Hampshire, maybe there would have been a path forward. Maybe. But the truth is, though he's beating DeSantis substantially in New Hampshire— by about 100%, 6.3 to 12 points. Nikki Haley is beating Chris Christie in New Hampshire by more than 100% at 29 points to his 12. So that's that. That's it. And we're probably done with Chris Christie as a political entity going forward, don't you think, young David? It's been a while since he's been in any elected office, but what a weird idea, as you say, to get out so early before Mm -hmm. New Hampshire. What is it ever since 2020 with the Biden campaign that we've had these make-it-or-break-it strategies? It seems like DeSantis was all in on Iowa and Haley is all in on South Carolina and a home state solution. Even Biden shifted his primary so he could have South Carolina first. Why do we have these all in? Can we not have presidents for all people? (laughs) When you run for office? Sure, sure. I will start my campaign. I will be eligible in 2036. Ladies and gentlemen, you can elect me now. I will assume office in 15 years. Oh, my gosh. Okay. Um, But – yeah, no, decent analysis. I, I just would have waited till Monday or Tuesday. I just would have, but you know, I, I think it it's it 
I don't know if it smells like uh, an endorsement because it doesn't seem as though he is set to announce an endorsement, but it smells like he wants to support one of the secondary candidates like a Haley, you know, like a DeSantis. It, uh, I think it's more of a Haley. I don't think they want it. You don't think they want the help? I don't think – well, certainly DeSantis wouldn't <laughs> because he's so anti-Trump, you know. I just—I don't think DeSantis was wanted. It, it'll be interesting to see the tack Nikki Haley takes. Whatever can be said, I don't think any of Christie's voters would ever flock to Vivek Ramaswamy. No, that's probably true. And they probably—and they certain—he said he had internal polling that some of them would go to Trump. I don't think that's true. If anywhere, they go to Haley. I, I think, think that, that is the most likely— uh, Choice as a, a secondary. So choice. this is bad news for choice polling here. Yeah, yeah. So this is bad news for DeSantis. In other words, for Iowa. Yeah. He's spoiling oh, yeah. DeSantis. Oh yeah. In it, Iowa. That's what it seems like is is happening though. It seems like maybe he's so maybe there is a, yeah maybe he was a stalking horse. Yeah. They candidates. call they call it a stalking horse. Yeah. yeah. Like uh, McCain had with um, uh, Mike Huckabee in 08. Mm. Remember? Yeah. It was kind of his stalking horse. God, guns, grits, and gravy. And was that his uh, book? That was his book. Yes, that was before he lost all his weight. Yeah, <laughs> no, yeah. he did. He Actually, lost. you're right. No, yeah, I think yeah. I am right. You're right. That he, was his book before yeah. he lost his weight. He embraced. You know, he used to be what they called hefty chic, hefty <laughs> like chic. Chris Christie. Yeah. yeah, yeah, hefty chic. Hefty chic. That sounds like a paper towel. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, it does. Anyway, okay. Um, we need to get a report from you on last night's bread dinner. Bread dinner. Oh my goodness. I had actually dinner was quite good. What was the entree? We had mac and cheese. Uh-huh. It had four cheeses in it. Yeah. A special imported Italian pasta. Every time I'm with these people, Did the it food have is r- just glorious. Rick- there was was Riclette Riclette cheese in no, there? No, no, yeah. there was no Riclette cheese in there because okay. Riclette is only good for melting, not good for yeah, cooking. Yeah, not which yes. you wouldn't want to do with macaroni and cheese. You wouldn't want melted cheese. Oh my goodness, you're funny. But there was a pot roast there. There were some carrots. In addition to that, there were Brussels sprouts, and afterwards it was sort of a, a marzipan tart. And believe it or not, I got the little the little. Uh, you got the baby Jesus. Well, it wasn't a baby Jesus. Actually, it was a tart. There was a, a clay tart inside the tart, and I had no idea that I was looking for a tart. So everybody kind of knows that I have it, and they're all you know nudging each other on the shoulder and saying, "Well, if you if you hit something hard in your teeth, don't swallow." It and sounds I'm like you could break here, a tooth. Yeah, you know. Nibbling away at my little tart, not realizing that it's a, another miniature tart inside the tart. What are you going to do? But I got it. I'm I got thinking, to be king I'm for I'm thinking of Russian dolls. Okay, we'll be right back. Welcome back to the Seth Leibson Show. John Dombrowski brings us our culture and economy update. He is the president and founder of Grand Canyon Planning Associates, LLC. You can uh, check out his website, GrandCanyonPlanning.com. Learn a lot more about them and him, and it's a good way to reach out to him as well. How are you today, John? Fantastic. Thank you, Seth. You betcha. Dow uh, doing even better today, huh? I had a nice little rally today for all of the indexes. Mm -hmm. One of the things we were talking about yesterday was kind of this this infiltration, perhaps, of the Twitter account of SEC. Oh, yeah. And now it looks like they are approving rule changes that pave the way for (laughs) 
<laughs> well, they, weren't, they weren't mad about the untruth of it. They were mad that right. they didn't get to control the news, uh, the, yeah. the, the, the dateline. <laughs> somebody, yeah, somebody uh, beat them to the punch. Yeah. It'll be, you know, and it was, uh, there's a little Wall Street article, Wall Street Journal article about SEC blames hack uh, for incorrect, incorrect post about Bitcoin. Yeah. Uh, and they talk uh, and hear how they still say it's an unknown party that had access uh, to the agency's X account for a brief period. Um, and they're working, you know, towards trying to find out who that was. I, I, I can't imagine that they they don't know who it is at this point. I, I, I don't know what this government is capable of knowing or yeah. not. You know, there was cocaine mm. left outside yeah. of the situation yeah. room in the White House, and we supposedly don't know. I don't know yeah. what these people can find out or not. Well, it's interesting. We did the, see that the uh, Supreme Court uh, uh, a decision on 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 uh, Dobbs. You know, <laughs> I, mm-hmm. they they. I don't well, know what they can find out anymore. Yeah. Well, apparently they did approve, right? Uh, that they're going well, to have these. Well, that's what I wanted uh, to talk to these you about. Bitcoin the ETFs. Yeah. And there are a variety of different companies out there right now: Fidelity, BlackRock, uh, Kathy Wood. Um, there's a GBTC is another one. Uh, so there's there's a, a variety of uh, you know companies out there that want to offer these ETFs uh, so that the public will have the availability to buy and sell these uh, just like they would any other stock. It would be regulated by the SEC, but uh, who knows how closely. (laughs) Well, that plus I wonder how much that just goes against the grain of the whole notion of cryptocurrency. I mean, I thought part of the idea was it kind of was under the – or outside the radar of of governing bodies, but you know, I guess there are so many different elements to this. To yes, this, to this fast rising currency that it's hard. Yeah, to and the, the the part that is uh, basically going to be regulated is is how these are packaged, you know, within the ETF yep. itself, yep. and uh, to make sure that there's certain compliance with within whatever that rule would be for them, as other uh, companies who offer ETFs, which is basically just a basket of. Uh, companies in one uh, tradable uh, fund. So uh, it's going to be interesting to see how this all plays out. Um, it, it definitely uh, it, it adds some legitimacy to it, some visibility to uh, to these uh, funds for the public, and maybe some more protection too. A little too. more yeah. protection. Yeah. That was going to be the next word yeah. I was going to use. The next yeah. little bit of protection for the investor. Uh, and I think that is what was and, – and legitimacy, yeah. right? I yeah. mean now if this is something that is a publicly traded uh, vehicle, that there is some legitimacy to this and people, uh, again, should be very uh, cautious and be aware of the risks that are associated with any investment and talk to an advisor about this if you're uh, not someone who is very savvy in these areas um, to make sure that whatever you're investing in, whether it's going to be these new ETFs for Bitcoin or uh, cryptocurrencies or some other investment, uh, make sure that you understand the risks that are associated with it because there's risk in oh, just about everything. I knew this was coming. I'll tell you how I knew this was coming. Mm-hmm. I noticed recently across the Wall Street Journal website, they have a ticker, DGIA, which is Dow Jones, S&P, mm-hmm. NASDAQ, Russell, US 10, VIX, gold, and then and crude oil, and then just Crypto. a little while ago, I started to notice. Yeah, a few yeah. weeks ago, they had Bitcoin up there. Yeah, and I thought, okay, this is coming now. Yeah. Well, you've got Bitcoin, you've got Ethereum, you've yep. got XRP, yep. you've yep. got Litecoin, yep. you've got so there are a variety of yep. them out there. And yep. now that there are ETFs, some of these other unknown 
uh, cryptocurrencies probably will become part of some of these ETFs as well. So again, some of them are going to have more risk than others. Yep. Not all ETFs are exactly the same. Right. And uh, also, you have to understand the expense uh, within these yeah. ETFs as well. Yeah. Some of them may be as high as 1.5%. Yep. Some may be as low as less than a uh, tenth of 1%. Yep. So um, all of those things are going to be important for you to understand, and that will ultimately uh, give you a little bit more indication, maybe which one, if any, that you want to hold at all. Thank you, J.D. You bet. Uh, Securities and advisory services offered to Creative One Securities LLC, a member of Finran Sipic and an investment advisor, Grand Canyon Planning Associates LLC, and Creative One Securities LLC are not affiliated. Check out the website again, GrandCanyonPlanning.com, and you can request an appointment right from the website. Thanks. Now, now you can go home to Emily, or Tracy is the case. Tracy. Maybe. That's the yes. name of this. Or Emily. I mean, uh, yeah, so yeah. <laughs> see you, John. Bye. <laughs> Bye. Portions of this show brought to you by the Midas Gold Group. At the Midas Gold Group War Room, the veterans there, the veterans at Midas, point out that the Federal Reserve note does not belong to you. It belongs to the Federal Reserve Bank. While the federal debt doesn't belong to the Federal Reserve Bank, that belongs to you. This is your wake-up call to what the Midas Gold Group veterans believe the central bank and government are trying to do, a controlled demolition of our current system with a central bank digital currency to take complete and utter control of our transactional freedoms a prison camp replete with social sanctions. Protect yourself. Turn this wake-up call into a phone call to veteran-owned Midas Gold Group at 480-360-3000 or go to MidasGoldGroup.com. That's 480-360-3000 or MidasGoldGroup.com. Always faithful, Midas Gold Group. MAGA and proud of it. MidasGoldGroup.com. Young David, did we trap a little Chris Christie? A little bit of a swan song. We trapped a little of Chris Christie. (laughs) He may be gone and out of the race, but his voice will live on. All right, let's hear just a little bit of what he said. I've always said that there came a point in time in this race where I couldn't see a path to accomplishing that goal that I would get out. And it's clear to me tonight that there isn't a path for me to win the nomination which is why I'm suspending my campaign tonight for president of the United States. Okay. Um, yeah, I, no, no real surprise. He thought he had a path. He doesn't. Um, and uh, it was an experiment. Um, and as much as I was saying a couple segments ago that it's a little curious that he wouldn't at least wait for the caucuses in Iowa, right? Um, another perhaps just hand to Chris Christie for not prolonging us and dragging us through something that has no real chance of getting over a finish line, you know? Um, Hard to agree with on a lot of things, but, you know, at least give him that he wasn't playing games with something that is on life support and he's trying to make us, like a lot of candidates do, think actually has a an autonomous heartbeat. That is one of my pet peeves in politics, by the way. One of my pet peeves with politicians are those who enter a race against all ability to win a race. Sometimes they know it. Sometimes it's just obvious that they're getting in. It's a waste of time. It's a waste of money. And it's a waste of effort. Uh, You you couldn't say that about too many people in this race this time. You could have said it probably about Asa Hutchinson, 
And who else dropped out that you might have said they were just? I mean, Doug Burgum. Yeah. But the others, you know, there was a there was a a prohibitive favorite in Donald Trump. But there is an experiment to be had. There is a test in the Republican Party to be had to see if there is enough antipathy towards Donald Trump within the party to find someone else, a different uh, a different generation of leadership. Um, and and to that degree, you know, Ron DeSantis had a path, Nikki Haley, perhaps, uh, and Chris Christie testing it even further, and Vivek in his own way. You know, I can say good things about all of them, and they weren't just toying with us. It was worth an experiment, at least in Iowa and New Hampshire. The winnowing after New Hampshire should be clear, though. It should be clear. And anything after that is um, will-o'-the-wisp, I think, and will enter the territory of pet peevery for me. You're just now wasting our time. Fair enough. You see this with people who want to run for Congress, governor, Senate, whatever, a lot of other races. You just don't have a shot. And that was Asa Asa Hutchinson and um, Doug Burgum. And at this point, obviously, Chris Christie. So good for him for getting out when he did. But I think it was legitimate for him to test this water. It's water that doesn't work for him. It doesn't work for the party. It doesn't work for the movement. But it was legitimate. You're laughing. You think no? You think no, I'm just, I smile I'm all, because— You think I'm all wet? No, I smile yeah. because uh, Asa Hutchinson is still running. Unbelievable. <laughs> Unbelievable. I smile because he is— Unbelievable. The, you're right. He is actually. proving this rule. Yeah. Yes. Yeah, you're absolutely right. Doug Burgum got out. Asa's still in. The yes. funniest thing about Doug Burgum— I read was when um, when someone on Twitter, I don't know who it was, it might have been Megyn Kelly or Dana Loesch. It was one, I think it was one of those two. <laughs> it was after like the second debate of something, and they said, Does anyone actually have proof he really is the governor of North Dakota? <laughs> I mean, just this totally unknown person. Um, just like Finland, it might not exist. Yeah, like Finland. Boy, that reverberated. You speaking of uh, nothing. Speaking of nothing, did you want to? Well, speaking of nothing, apropos of that, you know what? Let me come back to that point. I want to talk to you about something in the media that's another pet peeve of mine. I'll, I'll uh, we'll come back to that which I didn't raise. In other words, get rid of the last twenty seconds in your head. Uh, there is a another pet peeve of mine with the medium, and they do it to you. All the time. The Arizona Republic has it done to a fairly well. And it is such a level of incompetence. I can't believe they still allow their writers to get away with it. I don't know if they don't have good editors. I don't know if they don't have good writers or good journalists. But it's this pet peeve. I haven't discussed it with you, young David. Mr. Bill, you and I have discussed it plenty of times in the past, which is they write everything about a story and not the thing you really want to know. They write everything about the story without the relevant point, and you're just begging for the relevant point. Sometimes they'll do it by starting with some long story about some individual or some, you know, I, I, I don't know. Jose Dahl was raised in a da 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 family on the east side of the tracks of da And it goes on and on and on as a personal story and takes forever to get to the facts. And sometimes they just write about everything that's not the relevant point. So today, front page Arizona Republic. This is a big story. 
the headline. Have you heard of the Gilbert Goons? You aware of this? Something. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah there so there's this, there's this yeah, yeah. developing concern, maybe too late to say it's developing, about these um, these uh, young people in Gilbert that are creating acts of of of, of cr- creating criminal acts. They're acting like gangs, and uh, people have died. And they've been labeled the Gilbert Goons, and it's a whole story. And it's been for those paying attention a story about whether the police are taking it seriously enough, and what the city council is doing to keep the police, um, uh, the police, particularly the police chief, uh, you know, actively uh, responsive to the community about it. That's what the story has been for several weeks. Now, the headline in the Arizona Republic: Police trying to define goons. Gilbert, other agencies determining if attackers are part of a criminal street gang under Arizona law. That's the subtitle. What's the one thing you want to now know about the story, Bill? David, everyone, what would it mean to classify yes, them as a know. criminal street gang under Arizona law? We never get it. I want to say a word more about this. It's an important part of journalism. Portions of the show brought to you by Y-Refi. Do you trust this economy? How about a secure investment that actually helps people? That's what Y-Refi has, where you can earn up to a 10.25% fixed rate of return, and it's not correlated to the Federal Reserve or the stock market. You are in control. You can turn your income on or off. You can compound it, whatever you like. There are absolutely no fees. Peace of mind in that there is no attack on principle if you ever need your money back. And you get your monthly statement with no surprises. This is a secure collateralized portfolio. It may make a better option for you than where you have your money now. Check them out at investyrefi.com. That's invest, the letter Y, then refy.com, or give them a call at 888-YREFI24. You can also visit them. They're based here locally. They're right on Chauncey Lane in North Phoenix. I've been there any number of times. When you go, no sales pitch. You won't be asked to sign a thing. If you don't go, check them out at investyrefi.com. So my pet peeve about what the Arizona Republic does way too often and too many papers do is they tell you the one they don't tell you the one thing you want to know. They don't even tell you the thing they're going to tell you. So on the front page above the fold, police trying to define goons. This is the Gilbert Goons story. And the subtitle, Gilbert other agencies de- determining if attackers are part of a criminal street st- street gang under Arizona law. And then on and on and on about what's going on with the Gilbert Goons and that kind of thing. And then you get a quote from the Gilbert police saying it is important to note that this investigation will determine if the Gilbert goons can be classified under Arizona law as a criminal street gang. You want to know what this means. What does that mean? You never get there. Never. However, if you're patient enough and you go to the editorial page, you get an editorial by Abe Kwok at the Arizona Republic uh, on the Gilbert goons. Abe is a I, – I think it's fair to say he's a liberal. We don't agree on much. But he's a great writer and he's, he's, a, he's a fair fair and straight shooter uh, for, the, for the liberal opinion that uh, he, he generally holds. I, I like Abe is what I'm trying to say. I think he's a, a straight shooter. But he actually does it in his op-ed. He does define it and he gets right to it in his editorial by – the second paragraph – by the thir- second sentence, Gilbert Police said on Monday that they are working with other law enforcement agencies to determine whether the goons classify as a criminal street gang under Arizona law. If so, the group of teens being investigated for a series of random assaults faces some grave consequences. And then he goes into it. 
the law. What happens if you're convicted of a crime while being a member of a gang? What the sentences are? What happens to first-time offenders? What kinds of things classify as being part of a gang? What kinds of elements, in other words? He did it. The editorial – they are reli- – <laughs> this is the problem with news. Editorial pages are becoming news and the news pages are becoming editorials. Isn't that what Hugh Holman, Hugh Holman was saying to us yesterday, at least halfway there? Anyway, the other thing that they don't do – The Wall Street Journal is very good at this. They could have put on the front page story, see editorial for more description. Wall Street Journal is very good about that. Anyway, this is why journalism is dying. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.